Anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat Show, wherein we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a prospect. He's in the bantamweight division. His name's Jaden Shuey, and he's also an MMA coach. How you doing, Jaden? Oh man, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. So my first question for you: Can you just tell us about your journey about getting into fighting and coaching in general? Like, how did you get into the sport? Yeah, I got a treat for you. So, um, my dad, uh, he used to train at American Kickboxing Academy up in uh, San Jose with like Habib, you know, Islam. I mean, Dude, I mean, shit. They were fourteen when they came over to AK when my dad was training. Um, but he was main training partners with John Fitch back when you know DC was training there full time. Um, long story short, my dad he fought in Strike Force. Um, you know, he fought Josh Thompson at one point, and he made it really far up the scale. You know, before you, um, before MMA really took off, and so all throughout growing up, you know, he had an MMA gym. I was kind of just born into you know the fight culture, and I started doing jits from a very young age, and I started you know teaching kids when I was like twelve years old. I ran his uh, you know his kids jujitsu class, and we actually ran a nonprofit called Champion a Child, and it was basically just. It was for kids that didn't have the financial support they needed to be able to be put in such a fundamental athletic class, um, you know, to where if they were like getting good grades in school, staying out of trouble, they got to come to the gym and train for free and, you know, you know, hope uh, to like glow their life up a little bit. But I've been doing uh, kids jujitsu coaching for I'm going on my seventh year now. I'm 20 years old. Um, and then, you know, I fight myself, but I kind of just grew up into it. Like my father, like I said, he was a professional MMA fighter. He fought crazy. I mean, Kane Velasquez uh, made his pro debut on my dad's main event card. Um, Kimbo Slice also fought on my dad's card too. And, you know, I've met Kimbo a handful of times before, you know, he passed away, but I've just kind of been born into the sport. I've been doing it from a really young age and now I'm actually starting to take off and, you know, do my thing. Did you get to like meet Kimbo? Like, what was he like? You know, it's crazy. Kimbo actually lived with us for six months. He was in, so we're from Idaho, Boise, Idaho. And Kimbo, he was living at our uh, house in Nampa, which is kind of like uh, a little bit more west from where I live now. Um, we're living because my dad had his training partner. His name is Justin Eilers. He fought on UFC 42, I believe. Um, and uh, so we were all living together. And Kimbo was uh, doing a training camp in uh, Boise with Jens Pulver. And so he came and he moved and uh, he was living with us for like six months. I was like, shit, I think I... Uh, I think I was four or five years old, but yeah, I remember that dude just always walking around the house, strippers, and it was not good. I mean, they weren't, I didn't know what they were, but there were always these same two girls that were always just hanging around the house and they would, it, it was, it was terrible, but it, they were always like Kimbo's girls. So it was weird. Um, but yeah, man. So I, uh, but I was super young and I didn't even realize he passed away, um, until I was a little bit older. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Kimbo was I mean, from what I remember, he was a, he was just a normal dude. He was just cool. Um, would you say your dad is your biggest inspiration in MMA? Oh, absolutely. I, um, I wouldn't be in it if it wasn't for him. And, um, you know, he, he made it really far in the sport. He was one of the pioneers for the sport, you know, on the West Coast of the United States. And I look up to him so much. And I actually don't like to give him as much credit as, you know, he deserves. But as I get older, I'm like, this. he's, you know, he's the real shit, you know. So, um, definitely my inspiration goes out to him and all the connections that I have, like I'm planning on moving to Vegas here. Uh, I'm shooting for like the six month mark. I'm gonna go train at uh, extreme couture full time. And, uh, 
you know, he's the whole reason why I'm able to have that opportunity. So your dad, has he influenced your coaching style at all? Like, what is your coaching style like? I'm very just upbeat. Like I'm an extrovert as it is. So I'm just very, I feel like motivating. Most of my clients that aren't kids are usually girls that just want to get into like kickboxing, self-defense, stuff like that. And he has always had a very loud presence. He's very loud when he coaches. He's very positive when he coaches, almost like a, uh, like a LA fitness trainer or some shit like that. So I'd say that I'm very um, upbeat. I'm very loud. Um, but I definitely coach like Kim. I'm still kind of getting the, the coaching style down for adults. But when it comes to kids, I mean, I'm, I'm really good with kids. I worked with kids, you know, most of my life. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty good when it comes to, you know, talking with the kids. What do you look for in your students? What qualities do you say makes, a, makes an MMA fighter better than another? Absolutely. By far the biggest thing is just fundamentals of, you know, growing up like discipline, like respect, like just obedience, you know, not trying to be a bully. And most of the kids like I was going back into uh, it was called Champion a Child, our nonprofit. Most of the kids we were working with were troubled kids. And so they didn't have, you know, discipline. They didn't have like that social awareness. They didn't have, you know, that obedience, respect. So it was actually really hard to convert some of these kids that are used to getting in fights in school and being like, hey, you can come and train here. But it, I wouldn't even say it's the coaching. It's 100% just the aspect of being in a gym as a young kid. Because it worked for me. I mean, I was a punk and being in the gym gave me like a sense of purpose. And if you have, you know, kids that are coming in, getting in fights on the, like in school and just being like, you know, not good kids, they come in there and you don't even really have to do anything because they want to do better for themselves once they start actually training. And then once they get that concept of, I know what I can do to like hurt somebody or defend myself, then they take it and they're like, all right, like I'm more confident. I can be respectful to people, my teachers, you know, I don't have to try to be a big bully to people, you know. You're moving to extreme couture, you said. Uh, can you tell us what that movement's like? What What do you have planned there? Yeah, man. So like I said, I just turned 20. So I'm kind of, um, I'm very young at my stage. I've been doing this my whole life. So I think I have a good jump on people that, you know, are kind of just getting started at my age. Um, so I, I mean, my six month plan is to start saving up money and, um, you know, move out to Vegas. And I just want to train full time. Uh, one of the coaches out there, Nathan Pettit, um, you know, he's coaches with, uh, Sean Strickland, Chris Curtis. He actually used to uh, run a gold's gym, uh, where I live right now. And so he knows my dad. And uh, last time I went to Vegas, we were kind of chopping it up. And he was like, hey, man, if you want to live here, I'll, you know, help you do what you need to do, um, you know, to survive and make it in the game. So I, I know I have a big support system behind me. I just got to do what every fighter's got to do, you know, keep your head down, you know, do the work um, and, and put in the time. But I shoot for going pro by the time I'm 21, 22. I actually interviewed Sadi Boussi from Extreme Couture. And uh, he was the PFL welterweight champion. And he just hit that crazy wheel kick. That was the one. Yeah, it just happened like, what, two weeks ago, right? Where the dude like started wobbling after he hit him. Yeah. So I, I interviewed him and he's from Extreme Couture 2 with uh, Sean uh, Strickland as well. So, yeah, really nice guys there. Really nice guys there. So you probably be a great fit at the gym. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I mean, the first time I went to Extreme Couture, I did a... Uh, the pro practice with Eric Nixick and um, long story short, one of their uh, 135 pros ended up splitting my eye open. So sure enough, uh, Chris Curtis was like, dude, you're bleeding pretty bad. Like, let's go get you over to the PI. So I hopped in the car with Chris Curtis and we went down to the PI and he got me all uh, super glued up, got my eye, you know, 
fix. And it was really cool because um, I'd never been one-on-one with like a UFC fighter at that level before. So it was really cool to like connect with him on a personal level and be like, Hey, this is just a normal guy too. And Chris is a great guy. It's, he's, he's a really good guy. So it was really cool to just, you know, spend one-on-one time with him and like, be like, wow, like this could be me one day, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. What, what PI did you go to? Uh, I went to the one in Vegas. So it was the one that was right off the uh, freeway um, or where they do most of their events. And then the last time I was there, um, it was right before Patchy fought his uh, Bellator fight. And because Patchy trains at Extreme Couture too. So I was sitting down with my dad, Nate Pettit, and Patchy comes over and sits down. And sure enough, like we were at the uh, cafeteria and Dana White comes in. And so it was just really cool seeing everybody that like I see on TV so much and like that I want to do one day. And then just see it all in the flesh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. What's a memorable moment from your career so far that you can point to and say, that defines my career so far? Of course, you're going to have multiple fights in the future. And of course, you're going to hopefully, hopefully touch a belt in the next 12, 13 years. But uh, what's a memorable moment from your career right now? Uh, I got two of them. I, one, one stems from a loss. One stems from a uh, victory. But I uh, went to go fight in... Um, Salt Lake City, Utah, and I had to fight one of uh, Uriah Faber's um, guys, and they originally told me that he was 23 so that I would take the fight, and I later found out actually on the day of the fight that the dude was 29 about ready to turn 30, so I was kind of shit in my pants, like, I'm 19 years old at the time, like, how the fuck am I going to fight this guy, and I ended up losing in the second round, but nonetheless, like, me, that was the day I saw my, like, full capabilities, because even though I lost the fight, I put it on him in the first round. I, you know, was putting it on him in the second round. Unfortunately, I got caught. But for me to be able to understand that I can compete with somebody who's like, you know, 29 at my age, I was like, okay, I got something here. And then coming off of my win, I went to uh, New York. Uh, I went to Long Island and uh, I trained my ass off for that fight. And I mean, I got it done in 59 seconds. I knocked the dude out cold, finished on top of him. Um, and that was, you know, and I'm not even really a stand up fighter. I'm more of a jujitsu grappler. So it was, uh, it was really nice to be able to get a nice knockout and have it go viral. And it's, it was, it was a really cool opportunity. So I'd say so far, just the uh, actual ring time that I've had so far. So Jaden, how do you stay up to date with, uh, new MMA techniques? Because there's always new innovations, what people are doing. Do you watch a lot of tape or are you looking at specific fighters and trying to emulate what they do? Uh, the biggest uh, fighter that I like to follow is Patchy Mix, just because I know that I'll probably end up training with him uh, once I move. And he's a 135er like me. He's a Bellator belt holder right now, or interim. So it's kind of, uh, I'd say I really, uh, I, I watch his tape a lot, and I like to see how he fights. Um, and he's a grappler like me. I like seeing, um, you know, how he uh, develops. As far as uh, new moves go and just new skill sets, um I'm very old school, kind of like my father was. I think that the aspect of being a strong grappler and having good jujitsu and having amazing cardio is what's going to win most of your fights at my level. So as of right now, I'm not watching too much tape. I do watch tape on Patchy Mix quite a bit, but um, it's not like I'm sitting there studying, you know, writing down these new techniques, you know. I do like to think of that as something that's like extra, and I enjoy what I do right now. And if I'm wasting all of my time writing down techniques. I'm going to think of it as like school. I was never like a school type person. So I like to get in there. I like to do my thing. I like to scrap. Um, you know, watching techniques has never been something that's uh, 
been a big thing for me. If I'm going to go do something and learn a new technique, it's going to be like in person, you know? Completely understand. So Patchy just won in like a minute or something via knockout against uh, Stotts. What did you think about that performance? When I was watching, I was shocked that he won so dominantly up against such a difficult opponent. Yeah, I was it was crazy to think like it's crazy to see because I was there two weeks before his fight watching him train and I was like, holy shit, this guy is phenomenal. So it didn't really come as a surprise to me. I saw how dominant and I got a roll with Patchy and just see that I'm heavier than this guy. Like I walk around and he's cutting, so he's probably like one forty five, right? I'm cutting and I, or I'm not cutting. I'm like like 165, 170. And this dude's ragdolling me. And I'm like, yeah, this guy. And I watched him spar. He's looking amazing in every like element of MMA. And so it didn't really come to, as a surprise to me at all. He just put on a dominant performance as he should have, you know? About your coaching, how do you build that strong rapport and trust with your students? You know, I just have fun with them. I mean, after every single class, we either play a game of dodgeball, we play a game of samurai. Um, I mean, shit, I mean, sometimes I'll even go and I'll play video games and I'll play some Fortnite with the kids after, you know, because I do classes and when I don't do classes, I do private sessions. So, you know, if I have one of my kids, I like to go and I play Fortnite with him after we're done training, you know, if he does a good job. And then when I do classes, you know, we set up some larger scale games, but I just want to make sure that they have fun while they're doing it and that they're enjoying it every step of the way. Because the moment that they start thinking of it is, oh, my parents are making me do this or, oh, this is getting hard. They just shut down. So you have to think of it all as something. And it depends on the age range, obviously. I mean, I'm training people ages six to 16. So, I mean, it just depends on the age, but all in all, I just try to keep it, I just try to keep it fun and make it something that's enjoyable for them, you know? Cause I remember when I was a kid, a big part of my childhood was enjoying the training and looking forward to getting off of school and being able to come and train. And I want the kids that I'm training to have the exact same experience. I don't want them to come and think that they're going to like football practice or baseball or basketball. Like their parents are making them go and they have to do this. You know, I want them to look forward to it. Are there any students that you're teaching right now that are showing promise to be good MMA athletes at like a UFC level? You know, it's uh, it's kind of too early to tell because most of my clients, even though I do range my age gap to six to 16, um, most of the clients I have are like, seven to 12. So it's, um, it's very hard because at this point I'm not really looking to do it because I want to see if they're going to, if they're going to be able to do it for real. Um, I think that's up to the wrestling coaches when they get into junior high, high school, if that's something they decide to do. But the only reason why I'm coaching is because I want them to one, and I want them to enjoy a sport. And two, I want them to develop fundamentals that they're going to need in life. I want them to learn respect. I want them to learn discipline. I want them to learn all of these other attributes that are crucial for, you know, succeeding in life. And so that's the only reason why I'm doing it. I'm not necessarily doing it because I want to see them become top performing athletes. I'm doing it because I want to see them, you know, be good kids and I want to see them do something that they enjoy. What's your plan and aspirations for your career as a fighter? Right now you're 20. Can you break us down 25, 30, and then 35 in your MMA career? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, I plan on going pro by the time I'm 21, 22 at the latest. And I understand how the fight game works. I've been in it my entire life. And so I know, you know, especially for my age, what I need to do to get there. And so it's all going to come down to where I'm training. You know, you don't want to be training at like a collegiate level gym. You want to be training at an NFL level gym and extreme couture is by far an NFL level gym. 
And so I'm training there. You give me five years there, I have no doubt I'll be in the UFC 100%. And there's some killers there, man. I mean, they have like, what, 30 Bellator fighters. They got like 15 UFC fighters. They're just all in all just a really amazing gym to be at. It's a good community. I just, I have no doubt in my mind by the time I'm 25, I'm going to, you know, at least be signed with, you know, Bellator, UFC, something like that. And then by the time I'm 30, 35, we'll start winding down. And hopefully by the time I end my career, I'll have that credibility to where I can open up my own gym and I can like start working with kids again. Cause I think that that's going to be something that I do until I'm ready to like retire, retire. So you're 20 now, when you're 25, your skeleton's actually going to be completely like filled out. So do you see yourself going to featherweight or lightweight or do you just want to stay a bantamweight for the majority of your career? Oh, I'll probably end up going to lightweight because um, I'm, I'm growing. I'm getting big. I mean, shit, I walk around at 170 when I'm not cutting. So I'm already a huge 135er. And unfortunately, you know, as soon as I turn pro, I'm not going to be able to IV anymore. So it's going to be a lot harder for me to, um, you know, to get that, you know, nutrition or that hydration back. So. I'll probably end up going to lightweight. Just depends on what my body does, but it's looking like I'll end up going up. How important is the mental component for fighting for you? Oh, tops everything. I mean, I have a fight coming up in three weeks and I know that my mental is there, my physical is there, but if my physical was there, my mental wasn't, you know, I'd be, there's nothing like going into a fight thinking I could have done more. Man, my cardio is not where it needs to be. You know, there's nothing more to, you've already lost the fight, you know? So you got to really make sure that your mental is there over everything. But I'd always like to make sure, even with the little things, you know, like if I'm taking a shower in the morning, make sure it's cold. If I'm running, make sure that I'm giving that extra push. Every little thing that is like so minuscule throughout my day, I make sure that I just make it a little bit harder, you know, just so that by the time, you know, that fight comes, that fortitude's already there. Those, those little mental wins that end up accumulating into a win in mixed martial arts. I wanted to ask you about your nutrition. What's that going like right now? Yeah, man. So I'm actually, I just got sponsored by an amazing Christian uh, clean juice company and they hundred percent organic. They do acai bowls. They do burritos. They do sandwiches. They do wraps. They do protein smoothies. They do wellness shots. Dude, they do everything and everything is so 100% healthy for you. And so um, they ended up giving me, I'm not going to get into uh, my direct benefits, but they gave me um, a lot of good benefits. And so I go in there every morning, every day at lunch, every day at dinner, and I either get an acai bowl, I get a smoothie. Shout out Clean Juice, man, because they really hooked me up for this fight. They they, they did a number on me. So um, my nutrition for this training camp is absolutely perfect. There's nothing more that I could do to benefit my nutrition than what I have going on now with Clean Juice. Who is your favorite fighter? Hmm... Personally, personally, the fans know that my favorite fighter is Charles Oliveira. Okay, okay. I was going to say you're from Australia, so I'd peg you as a bulk fighter. Um, to be honest with you, man, I'd say DC. Um, I get a lot of shade for this, but um, training up at AK when I was little, um, DC kind of took me in, and I'd always wrestle with uh, his kids at the Gilroy Wrestling Program when I was little. And I would just come up you know, for the weekend because my dad was always training up there. Um, but DC was always the funniest guy. He was humble. I mean, shit, he even took me to Dave and Buster's at one point when my dad was training. So he's just, he's a really good dude. Um, really like DC, you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's one, he's one of the best, you know, absolutely incredible. He's a pioneer of the sport. So I'd say DC is probably my favorite right now though. 
Love Charles Oliveira. Love him. But how can you hate him? When's your, when are you booked for your next fight? Or are you just waiting it out until you feel a little bit more comfortable until you go into that um, next camp? Yeah, man. No, I've been in a training camp for uh, six weeks or seven weeks now. So I got three weeks left until my uh, fight. Uh, it's fight uh, here local where I live. And it's uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Boise, Idaho. Or they uh, they actually feed directly into Bellator. So it'll be it'll be a good one. Good man, good man. So he's pulled out of his fight with Cheeto Vera because of a shoulder injury. Now, do we see Cejudo come back and fight, or do you think he's too old? He'll need a year out most likely for this shoulder injury. Take one more fight. You're telling me that Hasudo doesn't want to take one more fight and put his precious gloves after a loss in the middle of the octagon? He he wants he's gonna take one more fight, one hundred percent. There's no way that Hasudo's gonna be like, all right, I'm done, I'm retiring. He's he's gonna fight another fight. It one hundred percent. Even if he goes in there and loses, he has he's more worried about his reputation and he's more worried about his legacy than anything. He's gonna want a proper retirement. He's gonna want one more go at it. He's not gonna want to leave it after a loss. So he's one hundred percent not gonna retire. So now that Cheeto is stuck without an opponent, they're thinking of throwing him Piotr Yan. What do you think about that style matchup, and who do you think wins that? Um, it's one I haven't thought about too much lately. I see it being a good, a very good fight. Um, personally, I'd love to see Peter Yan win. Uh, he's he's in desperate need of one for sure. Uh, I've never really liked Cheeto that much, but. You know, Peter Yan, he's been on a, you know, losing streak, so we need to make sure. And he's gotten robbed, um, you know, a couple times. So I feel like that would be a good fight for him. I just don't want to see Peter lose again. And that would be a tough fight. I mean, Cheeto's no joke. So um, I'd love to see that fight. And if it did happen, I'd put my money on Yan. That's all we have time for. Thank you very much, Jaden, for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up the podcast? Uh, no, man. I think we covered it. I appreciate you uh, giving me your time. Follow Jaden Shuey on Instagram, link in the description, and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. Thank you, guys. Bye.